Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Drexel Basketball Podcast. It's Dan Crane. I'm here with Nate Hemmerly and Mike Brodsky. Thanks, Mike, for, for coming back and joining us again and giving us Northeastern's look, or at least your look at CAA realignment. We're back to talk about it again. Thanks for having me back, Dan. It's always to see the best CAA school in co-op represented on a podcast. You're at least top two. I, I, I find you at least top two. It's a, You're an elite institution. Watch it. Watch it. Campbell may stake a claim to that. They may have one person doing co-op. Well, I think he actually um, he hurt his back lifting Joey D off the camel, so he's ineligible for co-op. No, no, his co-op job was taking the picture of Joey D on the camel. <laughs> well, I hope it wasn't photoshopping it because it wasn't. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, welcome all. Uh, a quick editor's note off the top here: uh, as as we continue to evolve here from Dragon Speak, always a dragon. Now this uh, Dragon Basketball Podcast, we are excited to tell you that you can find this stream now both um, at the Drexel Basketball Podcast, wherever fine podcasts are sold, as well as uh, through the Dragon's Cast Podcast Network here. Um, and we're doing that because we'll be folding in with them come September. We'll be joining Bill and Leon and everybody who's who's worked over there to make it one place for all of your kind of Drexel audio content. So we're very excited about that. It's going to enable us to have a little more manpower. Uh, we're looking at weekly episodes coming beginning of November, if not more often bringing in Zach Spiker, Maisha Kelly more often, um, and, and rotating coast and, and maybe even uh, hinting at some other things there, uh, combining those two things. But we're, we're really excited about this. Um, just going to give us a lot of opportunity and, and continue to kind of cultivate the fan base. Um, let it be um, from the students to the alumni. We want everybody involved. So I, I know we're, we're hoping to get um, some of the DAC pack represented before the season comes, uh, begins. Then also some of the former players, like we had Rob Battle, uh, we'll continue to, to work our way through and, and see who who wants to join us to tell their stories. Did he or did he not travel? I'm still trying to figure that one out. Uh, you know what? The key here is to never talk to Michael Litos. So okay. as long as you never talk to Michael Litos, you'll know he didn't travel. But if you listen okay. to that first podcast, which was phenomenal, he does cover that. Okay. Um, the Vasa Pusica didn't travel, but yeah. the CAA said he did. So let's just get that on the record. I, I actually think traveling is worse than block charges as far as how it's called. I, I can't I can't stand either one, but I feel like travel is actually more inconsistent. I think that's a topic for a mid-season podcast. Yeah? It is. It'd be a great one. Maybe we can get Bob Hesta as our guest guest pods. Well, he, he's he's kind of he's got some bias there. Everything's a charge. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not that's not fair. Um, so this will be fun. Um, we we had a great success uh, when we talked spoke January twentieth. So it's been almost exactly six months was the last time we spoke about CA realignment. A couple things have happened since then, um, and a lot of it was we were proved right, which always always is a good feeling from the outside. You know, when we're kind of blindly speculating and we were saying openly at the time it was blind speculation, but we we we, we did all right. Uh, the CA is now a fourteen team league. It's welcomed in Monmouth. It's welcomed in Stony Brook, NCA and T, Hampton, and now Campbell, the Campbell, Campbell Campbells. And uh, obviously they have uh, dropped James Madison University from the chat, is my understanding. Who? So, yeah, I, I, I okay. don't remember them either. So I thought they were joining the ACC. Uh, uh, no, right. it's, um, it's, it's going to be – I look forward to their application back to the CA in five to ten years, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Well, no, the Sun Belt's going to be one double A anyway, so it's not going to matter. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the better 1AA league. Um, certainly not for basketball. It's all about football, Dan. Two, two, two things our schools know nothing about, football. It's true. It's true. It's, it's, uh, it is, and I think we covered this a little bit the first time, but it's unique being a private urban university a little bit. Uh, Facilities-wise, it's a challenge. Um, 
but we've seen the growth here. Really, not a lot of urban schools involved in that growth. Uh, you know, you can make a case for for Hampton, I suppose, but that's not really urban. I've been to that campus. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a different type of school that we're seeing in the CA right not now. Not your grandmother's CAA. It is not your grandmother's CAA, and I think that's fair. Although, not uh, Mike Lito's CAA either. For what? Yeah, I mean. And, and it's not just because of how much better the academics get when JMU leaves. It's you also got to consider how you're trying to play. No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm jesting a little bit there. But, um, Mike, what, what's, what's your initial take uh, on where we are today? Well, you have to look at it from two lenses, Dan. If you were to say to the three of us when we spoke in January, the CAA will be 14 teams strong in August, we would have said, good job. If you were to say to me we were going to add Campbell and – Stone, let's just go one by one. Stony Brook can't complain. They're an AAU institution, U.S. News Top 100. Geographically, they fit fine. Football, fine. High-level academics, high-level athletics in a lot of ways. Right, exactly. Yeah. They get it. You know, as much as Jerry Beach would hate to admit it, Stony Brook gets it. They fit, and they may take over Long Island. Yeah. Monmouth. Geographically, they make sense. That's the best I can say. You know, athletically, they've got a decent athletic department. You know, they play sports. Something you have to look at is what sports do they play? You know, bond with that field hockey and, and things like that. So, you know, you don't always have to look at it between pure basketball and football. They bring depth in other sports, too. Baseball is pretty good. So then let's move further south. You have to look at A&T and Hampton almost as one. And in full disclosure, Hampton's AD is a former Northeastern basketball player, Gene Marshall. Gene, welcome to the CIA. Um, A&T and Hampton came for a reason. Okay, They are two of the better HBCs in America. No one's going to dispute that. No one's going to. The crown jewel of the HBCs was Howard. Everyone thought Howard was coming. Howard thought Howard was coming. Howard's not. So then you have a problem. You have 13 teams. Did I miss anyone we were expanding? No, I got it. So you have 14 teams. The idea is you have to have North play and South play. So who do you add? Well, why don't you add for fun and games, Albany or Quinnipiac or Fairfield or, you know, pick your favorite school in, in the Northeast. Well, the problem there is you've got Towson, because if you draw the line in the CAA, Towson wants to be in the north. Towson wants to play Delaware and Drexel and Hofstra because Monmouth, geographically closer. If you put Towson in the south, they become the northernmost team, and they're going to have to go to South Carolina and Greensboro and UNCW as part of division. Not what they want. They're a legacy member of the league, and I'm sure because they are a legacy member of the league, they're wishes were taken into consideration. So if you're the league and you have to add a Southern team and Howard says they're not coming, you are now beer goggling and you kind of have to take the best of what's left. And I don't know who else applied besides Howard to I mean, besides uh, Campbell, to be honest with you, you know, it wasn't the Citadel. It wasn't VMI. I don't know. You know, Citadel VMI would have made sense probably, but are those schools leaving? No, they can't because their league has given them financial handcuffs. So, who is left? You kind of have to look at the Big South because no one in the SoCon was leaving because they have a lot of money on the table. So who's left? You know, you're going to have Longwood. You're going to add, you know, just rattle off some of the schools in the, in the Big South. And, oh, by the way, they play football, which helps because then maybe at some point you go divisions in football. So now we're at 14. Then the question goes, does the CAA go to 16? Don't know, don't care. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have one Southern team and one Northern team. Because remember, Towson has to be in the North. That has to be your mantra. Now, 
as, as Nate and I were talking before, we are now in a league that no one wants to be. I'll, I'll, I'll challenge that. I think we've always been in a league that nobody wants to be. Um, I would argue when we joined the CAA, it was when you guys joined the CAA, it was a league we all want. Certainly, certainly. But once you saw that shift, um, you know, once once the, 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 the Virginia schools kind of moved out, uh, apologies to William and & Mary and, and, and JMU, right? This became a, a conference of nobody's getting ready to go, right? So it was... Yeah. Right. The, 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 the joke we used to say was take a look at the top sport in the 10 teams in the CA. How many? And I think we would always used to say what? Maybe two, three, maybe Charleston, Drexel, Hofstra. And how many of the sports were the number one sport is the sport that the rest of the CA plays? Like Northeastern's was hockey. You know, Delaware was, you could argue, football field hockey or, or something along that line. Towson wasn't basketball. Um, William Mary certainly wasn't basketball. Wilmington was baseball. Elon was who the heck knows, but it wasn't basketball. You know, so you can keep going down the list. We had ten schools where you didn't have like the A ten where everyone's marching to be to the same drum. Or basketballs are sport. We're a basketball league. We play everything else. The MAC. We're a basketball league. We play everything else. The CAAs. We play everything. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the CAA has had national champions in field hockey. They've had, you know, they've competed at the highest levels in softball. Thank you, JMU. They've competed at the highest levels in field hockey. They've competed at the highest level. From that point, you can say, look, we're in a very strong, balanced league where we're not just a top to bottom. The CAA competes in things. Northeastern's women's crews it competes at a national level. You know, you see, I can just rattle off a list of, of sports that we're actually really good in outside basketball. So that has to be taken into consideration. But for anyone to think this is a league that, you know, we were doing cartwheels down Huntington Avenue and we added Campbell. No, I mean, I had some very pointed conversations with folks at Northeastern and said, basically, this is a joke. And I said it publicly on social media and no one from Northeastern said to me, Mike, you're wrong or Mike, stop tweeting about it. Um, Campbell is an academic joke. Now, look, Northeastern was an academic joke when I went there. So let he among us without sin be the first to condemn. But don't say you're adding, you know, don't just say, Joe, what it is. We needed a 15th team, a 14th team, whatever the number is. That's somebody, you know, we, had, we needed a 14th team, 15. We need another team, and they fit. That's what they did. Let's not, let's not, you know, swath ourselves in academic, this and academic. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, just where I said part of, I mean, hearing you guys talk about basketball made me realize, like, because I'm sitting here watching a Little League World Series, you know, football starting in two weeks, racing's going on. I Like, my basketball brain, like, isn't even there. So, honestly, when the news came out, I didn't really have a reaction either way. I'm like, okay, we're adding Campbell. Um, and then NCA and T it's like, okay, we're adding them. Um, but if, so if I'm hearing you saying, it's like, it's really just Campbell that you're worried about the other teams you're okay with. It's just Campbell. Am I, is that kind of, um, yes. Well, well, the thing is you have to understand it was Campbell or nothing once Howard said no. Okay. So, you know, that's the answer. I mean, am I upset with the teams we added? Like I said, you're not going to disparage the HBCs. You're not going to disparage Stony Brook because Stony Brook fits the profile. Monmouth, meh. I'm not, you know, again, no one was doing cartwheels on Huntington Ave about Monmouth either. But for our standpoint at Northeastern and, and Drexel, selfishly, it's another bus trip for you guys, and it's one less trip we have to make down. From, from that standpoint, it made sense. Now, look, I'm not thrilled. To be honest with you, I've said publicly, I want Northeastern out of the CAA. And I think if you were to give RAD truth serum, he'd say we want out. He wants out of the CAA. I know if you talk to our president, he'd say he doesn't want to be associated with any of these schools. Because you've got, when Northeastern joined the league, you know, we weren't as great and academically as the rest of the league. We were probably as academic bars, as Drexel and, and Delaware. So we could look at each other in the mirror and say we're all academic peers. Northeastern's academic rating has skyrocketed since then. And if you take a look at our academic peers, and I actually wrote this down, 
because schools will have to, you know, put a list together of who they deem their academic peers to be for, for, you know, tracking and reporting. Here's who Northeastern views their academic peers. SMU, NYU, Boston College, George Washington, Miami, Boston University, Wake Forest, Boston College, Emory, Tulane, Lehigh, Syracuse, Notre Dame, USC, Tufts, Georgetown, Carnegie Mellon, and Brandeis. None of those teams are. So academically, now, I'm not, no, this is not Mike saying Northeastern belongs in, in, the, in the league, but let's not say, you know, BU, okay, fine, Lehigh, fine, you know, what league we want to be? We probably belong in the Patriot League. However, the Patriot League's not expanding right now. They're at 10. They like 10. And if the Patriot League went to 12, my guess is going to be they probably would have to add one in the north and one in the south. But the problem you have with Patriot League on north-south is you've got three schools in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and you can't put them, you can't split them up. So anyway, um, but I think that's what you see, you're going to see is that the minute the opportunity comes for or if there is a seismic shift, and the Power Five get their way and limit access to the to the NCAA tournament, and league teams say, look, 15 teams isn't going to cut it. We're either going to split the North and South in the CAA or do a, a non-football Northeast-based league or something along those lines. I think nothing is off the table. I think the Patriots could solve that problem by having a fourth Pennsylvania team, but that's just me. I, I, I think, uh, uh, and it wouldn't be off the table if that were to happen. Yeah, and then the elephant in the room, to be honest with you, is still Howard. What's Howard going to yeah. do? So that's, I wanted to go back there for a couple I, man there are like three things i flagged where you're talking about that one nobody can get to huntington avenue right now to do cartwheels because of the t two <laughs> we're on the green line part of the campus is on the green line not the orange line okay yeah i, I don't think those are having a problem those aren't having a great time either no one would notice we can use that as an excuse for northeastern game this year but it, you know it means instead of 500 fans we'll have 200 I mean, we ran out of blaming covid for for lack of fans now we can blame the t i like it um right exactly there's always gonna be an excuse there, there will always be an excuse um Boston College, I think you, you mentioned twice as a peer, and I, I want to know how much that, that makes you happy. No, I said BC and BU. Academically, I'm proud to be an academic peer at BC. There's one thing you cannot disparage Boston College about. Their academics and their alumni are to um, the end. It is. Isn't. I, I'm a, I was proudly rejected by BC, so I won't, I won't say anything. Um, <laughs> I was proudly banned from applying there, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, But the one way, real, real question I really wanted to get to was – uh, when it comes to conference realignment um, and it comes to the new era of big money college athletics, how much does academics matter? At our level? At, at any level, but I mean, at our level, sure. Well, look, look, look let, let's be honest. Full disclosure, the Southeastern Conference is a client of mine. Okay, full disclosure. They added Texas and Oklahoma. Texas is a great academic school. Good luck trying to get into Texas if you're not from the state of Texas. You know, the SEC has some really good academic schools. So if you look at where they've expanded, no one's going to argue that they've added dumpster fire schools okay they've added they're consistent they've added large state university okay all who have a mission to educate the students of those states vanderbilt's the outlier okay but vanderbilt's been in that league since the foundation vanderbilt's like fordham in is to the a10 they're there you can't take them out okay you look at what the big 10 did what is the big 10 the big 10 is private I mean, large public state universities with the exception of northwestern northwestern is a founding member of the league they're not going anywhere um right now you know, you could look at it and say, so the Big Ten added USC and UCLA. They, they probably improved their academic profile. Let's be honest. They add Oregon, probably doesn't do much to the academic profile. So, you know, it, it isn't like they're adding Southeast Texas State Culinary Institute. You know, you're adding schools that you could, you know, if, if Northeastern would add Greensboro, would say, okay, it's another big state school. That's kind of what we have now, sort of. But that's the problem with the CAA is the CAA is now an amalgamation of private universities and public universities. 
all which have different missions, different academic standards, and different responsibilities to their constituents. Yeah. How many leagues have this mix of public and private? We, we, we talked about this at the top. We talked about this in January. We talked about this maybe becoming a more private school-based league. Obviously, that's changed a little bit um, since we spoke then. Well, let's look at what we added. Stony Brook, public. Um, A&T, public. Hampton, public, right? Are they public? Campbell, private. Monmouth, private. So you went three and two. And I could be wrong on Hampton, but I believe Hampton. I, I, I just want to throw in there, kind of damn what you were saying. I, I, I Mayor, you're saying with Campbell, I'm always careful to say any college is a joke. I mean, hear what you're saying. You know, I have conversations with people. You can go to a community college and get where you want to go. So I, I, I guess, you know, and, and if there's listeners from there, welcome to the CA. You know, I want to make sure they're, there, so I, I, in a lot of ways, you know, I, I, I feel like this is, we talked about this before we came on was geography because we have built a really nice I-40 sort of, um, you know, like it's almost like we skipped Virginia now and we went straight to North Carolina and I'm, I'm based on off of, I lived in the Camp Lejeune area for three years and didn't hear much about Campbell, honestly, but I know, you know, it's such a big basketball area and, you know, now you've kind of picked and admittedly, we're kind of the second tier in Philly behind like Villanova and the A-10. So to say they're the second tier behind Duke, you know, NC State, North Carolina, it seemed the direction we've gone. But I guess, how, do you, how much do you think UNC Wilmington factored into this? Like, are we trying to maybe say we have an anchor down there and we kind of scratch their back by building that area? I mean, do you think that, that factored in with this? Wilmington's an interesting institution, right? Because... Uh... You know, we talk about legacy members. They are them and William and Mary are kind of the ultimate legacy members. If, um, so they, they should have some pull, um, and they've been meaningful a meaningful part of this conference for a long time, fairly well. But they're also um, one of the smaller schools as far as endowment goes, and, and academically, they're not as competitive as some of the other schools we've been talking about. Um, I will say this about Wilmington, though, Dan: they are improving their profile rapidly because of everything that goes on at the other North Carolina state universities they are getting a higher quality student you know the number of people applying to yeah. chapel hill you know the, the rising tide raises raises all boats they're a beneficiary of the rising tide raising all boats so that, that, let's not be said that, that wilmington is, is is as are they harvard no but they don't purport to be they can't be their state school i would say that they're making a, a strong no attempt. i think uh you know that athletics department has had their issues over the past decade uh, but as a school, as a university, they, they've uh, certainly made made progress or continuing to make progress. Um, and, and you see some of the similar are actually a thousand, I, I feel like. Uh, obviously, new athletic director there now uh, in place. But they're, they're another one who's kind of been a recipient of uh, of state funding, you know, when, when uh, there in Maryland that enabled the new arena and, and other uh, and other things. So so there's definitely some some cases for some rising tides for some of the schools that would have been. But again, what are you about. talking about? You're talking about large state universities. Right. So again, you know, let's look at let's look at the league from the state universities team. Who do we have? We have Stony Brook, we have Delaware, we have Towson, we have Wilmington, we have A and T. Hampton's private, by the way. I checked, so that's five off the top of my head. I forgot who I'm missing. Um, so we're about at a at a fifty fifty split because you've got the privates are oh Charleston's public, not a large state university, but they're public. So you've got six public schools, and the privates are Northeastern, Hofstra, Monmouth, Drexel. Um, Hampton, Elon, Campbell, seven, but so we're, we're at about a 50, 50 split. How many leagues have a 50, 50 split public and private 50, 50 split amongst their top revenue sport to your, to your point, not just the top sport, but their top revenue sport, 
right? I mean, that's that's a huge thing. I agree with you. I mean, and we've known this again for for some time now. Is, is this is a marriage of convenience? And I think Campbell. I, that's that was my take when Campbell joined the CAA. I said this is the defining school of the CAA. This is this is the one that is most reflective of the CAA. Right. Look and, and look for the Campbell alumni. You, you know, I'm not I'm not disparaging the school per se. It's just that I don't want to hear the CAA say we're, we're, we're you know we're adding like minded institutions because we're not. No, Joey D has no business taking a victory lap necessarily, right? I mean, right. The, I, the, Joey the D point, has Joey can take a camel lap. That's what he can do. He can take a lap on the camel. The, the point I would make uh, we, when we were talking about that podcast back in January is that we knew the phone calls to Howard were going one way, right? It was the league offices calling Howard. And saying, "Hey, we want you to be a part." I of think this. it was more than that, Dan. I, I, I honestly think that, that for a time Howard thought that they were coming. But if you take a look at Howard, they saw them leaving along with A and T as Hampton possibly being the decline of the MIAC, and I think that was a burden they were not willing to shoulder at this time. Now, that being said, you know, could Howard? And I've heard people say this to me, like. What if Howard just decides to go at it alone and be an independent? Say, well, if there's a school that could probably pull it off, it would be Howard because you've got the power of the, the reputation of the of the academics of the school. That is an academic school. Um, they produce Supreme Court justices. They produce, you know, they, they have a very good... Now, facilities-wise, no, they don't have it, but they're getting there. You could easily see people making an investment in an HB, the preeminent HBC network. It's not happening. They're not coming, <laughs> period. So and even if they were to come, would they have been happy being in a Southern division when their closest league rival was 20 minutes away and now? You know, the other thing is we get hung up on the divisions, North-South. Do we have to do North-South? Could we have done pods? Could we do other things? You know, we're hung up on this whole North-South thing, but does it have to be that way? And apparently the CA thought it had to be a, a hard North-South. Well, I mean, maybe, but and, and I would think so. But you look at the way they scheduled this year and you go, that's that's not that. Well, the, the key will be, Dan, how do they schedule for the, for the yeah. Olympic sport? You know, yeah, do, they, was... do they do, you know, for baseball, for instance, are they going to do a north-south split like they did the year of COVID? I don't know. If they don't do a north-south split, the whole adding Campbell for geography is doesn't hold any water in my mind. You could have added a Fairfield or a Quinnipiac or, you know, whomever. So, yeah. Albany. Uh, it, right, and I think there's a few. I don't know if, if if Albany was coming. To be honest with you, they seem to be looking looking around pretty heavily. I don't think they're going to stay where they are, but I don't know that where they're going to end up. Well, remember, uh, Albany's a CAA member for football, so it wouldn't take much for them to say, "Hey, we're coming." You know, I imagine if Albany says we're ready, we'd take them. For some reason, I think you know if you take a look at what Albany's doing with new facilities and things like that, maybe they said we're not ready to be a CAA school yet. Yeah, I'm curious as to where the next steps are. Right, they're already in for football, so why would you say no? No, I don't think you would say say no to your a current partial member. I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, my point with the Howard bit was simply that you know, if if we go back to the uh, the beer goggles meadow for Howard, Joey D, he he put on a suit. He got he bought some flowers. He got a limo, right? He he was going. He he was trying to pick him up. Joey had a caterer in a hall. Who are you kidding? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, you know, and and for Campbell, you know, that didn't work out, and he went to the bar and. He was looking around and, and people were leaving the bar pretty rapidly and he grabbed what he could get. And again, that's not, I, I, Nate, I, I, I agree with you actually. It shouldn't, we're taking shots at Campbell. That's not necessarily fair here. Um, it, it, but it is, they were the, they're, they're in the CAA because they made sense and they were the best the league could do. And they really want, really wanted an even number of teams. That's why they, they were calling us. They were calling us. We were calling them. Let's be honest. The SoCon schools couldn't leave. They were the best available school at the time. But I'll say this. I mean, they do fit geographically. 
Right. They, they try to pull from the north. I mean, I, I spoke on uh, again on the last pod. They were my pick to, to join. I thought they would be coming uh, because yeah. they made sense for a number of levels. Uh, and, and maybe in this conversation, that's the reason why I asked the question. I don't view academics as highly um, as a priority for this way for the league. Endowments usually matter because you don't want to make sure everybody's got a backstop and, and, and they're, they're not as strong there, but um, it, you know, they, they, they kind of, when you look at the Furmans and some of the others that they were looking at, <clears throat> you know, you, you kind of figure that, that, that if that didn't work out, Campbell would make sense. Um, and, and that's, that's what happened. Part of what I want to throw out there too, is giving the commissioner a little bit of credit. Like I, I feel like I always hear negativity about what he's doing, you know, whether it's this expansion, the TV rights package, the, I like the location, the tournament. I hear good and bad as far as that goes, but I mean, you can take the subway right there. It's a short walk. Uh, it's a right size venue. So, um, I, I mean, for me, I feel like it's just survival right now. I mean, there's, and I guess that's another reason I don't get too worked up one way or another. You know, like I remember Drexel's roster, someone was in a panic about how our roster got totally raided. And I'm like, how can you figure out anything right now with the transfer portal being what it is and, and all this NIL stuff. It's like, let's just sit back and see what happens. And so I will have, you know, Bill Martin on here in, you know, October and planning to sit back and listen. But um, we still are a conference, which in some ways, I mean, you think the Pac-12 is in some ways on life support right now. The Big 12 is, you know, I, I mean, they talked to Texas and Oklahoma leaving. I mean, where are they going to go? They're pulling schools. You hear the names are like, I, and I lose track of who's going where. But, you know, and then I hear later, like, oh, yeah, you know, the Big 12 added. Who did I forget who they added? Did they add recently? But I heard it and I'm like, wow, I, I don't know. I'm a little surprised. But so I just want to throw that out there. I give the commissioner a little credit that we still exist because, again, we are a conference of like, where is amalgamation the right word of who knows, you know, private, public, you know, schools that don't really. Because, yeah, I just want to ask you, you, you know, um, Mike, you threw out a list of, you know, Northeastern's peers. I'm sitting here thinking, who's Drexel's peers? I, I'm having a little trouble thinking of that. What, what do you What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a unique, um, you know, being being a co-op school obviously makes makes it unique. They they banded with Northeastern, but Northeastern to their point has shot up the rankings. Uh, I, I still loosely would w- would put themselves to say that they're kind of sister school buckets and that their their motivations are very similar. Um, but you've seen uh, Drexel pivot a little bit to be a, a more defensive. Uh, alignment, making sure the finances are, are in order is, you know, was a critical thing here and under, and under John Fry. And he's, he's done a good job of um, using the real estate um, in, a, in a financially sound manner, if not best for maybe the current or, for, or even future students. He's, he's keeping the school afloat. So, you know, it, it maybe the priority changed from pure academics, whereas Northeastern was able to, to prioritize um, more in that area. I, I, I think, um, I put it this way: In Philadelphia, I'm. I'd much rather be have a Drexel diploma on my wall than a LaSalle or St. Joe's. Um, you know, um, so it's it's they're in a bit of. I think Drexel's in a unique space in the city and in the area. I think Delaware, quite frankly, is not a bad bucket to to say as a. As a they're not a comp, but this is kind of we're playing at the same level um, type of thing. Um, so it's a good academic school. Drexel's good, good to very good academic school, right? I mean, basically the top 100, they're right on the edge. Of, I think they're one of three, uh, a- academic school and, and, um, solid financial footing, um, positioned well for the future. Um, I, I like, I like where we sit right now, um, to be perfectly honest with you in a long-term perspective. And if you've been to the campus lately, you'll see it's, 
upside down. So it, it's it's a bad answer to your question, Nate, uh, where I'm only giving you Delaware. But I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Delaware, and I'm gonna have to do some thinking on that. And I'm I'm hoping Mike's running through his notes right now. I'm looking. No, I'm looking through so I can find where I found North. There was a website that I found it at. Yeah, yeah. So, but I actually, you know, um, and, and maybe we'll jump back to that. But I, the conversation we had with with uh, the athletic director of Drexel, Maisha Kelly, you know, she talked. We asked her if this was an offensive or a defensive move. Is this realignment? It's both, actually. Well, she, that's exactly what she said. But you know, she made a case that it was primarily an offensive move, but also a defensive move that protects against you know future. Um, you know, future schools moving on, and 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 I the importance of the fourteenth school always kind of boggled me because how desperately do you need an even? I mean, you want to make sure everybody plays on Saturday. All right, I mean, it, you know, it, it's the importance of a fourteenth school kind of always threw me off, and I don't know that you needed to do Campbell if you didn't want to, but it does give you some nice insurance. Um, and and then the question is, who's most likely to leave? Um. And, you know, and that, that's the next step, right, is that, you know, Jamie, you just left. Is there anybody else on the verge of leaving? And it, it, Northeastern, I think what Mike's case about Northeastern is everybody has a different case for it, but right. everybody's got a reason to leave the conference. Right. Everybody's got a reason. Everybody. Um, you know, Wilmington may not want to travel, you know, as you know, I, I, I spend this much money on, on the tra- cost of traveling north. Charleston really reminds me a little bit of VCU right now. Um, yeah. Right. I agree. Their 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 university is behind the basketball program. Their university, you know, believes that 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 they can be successful and that part athletics is part of what's going to lead them there, and uh, and will, and has prioritized that in a way that not a lot of other CA institutions has. So if they get a you know if 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 they can line things up correctly, they're going to move off of that, and they're going to they're not they're not put this way having the same conversation about academics and the conference peers. They're 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 prioritizing. You know their admissions and 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 their academics or their athletics programs and 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 using that to make the whole university better. There's nothing wrong right. with that. No, uh, if that's your academic, if that's your strategy, go right. I mean, that's that's the VCU model. We could rattle off a whole list of schools right. that are that are doing that. Um, and look, if you gave Charleston truth here, they wouldn't be in this DA10. They think they're an A10 school. They they're they're in a great market. The the, the, the town city has shown they will support that team by you know. They walk the walk. They talk the talk. They've got one of the preeminent preseason MTEs in their own gym. So they've got a great facility. They're redoing their baseball field. They're redoing their soccer fields. They're one of the more awesome cities in America socially to be in college. So, you know, they have a lot to sell. The same things they sold to the CAA, they could sell to the A-10 if the A-10 ever needs to reach out and expand. Yeah. And I think, you know, Towson's another school that would be interested. Um, although there's football complications there. Uh, but but again, they bring it. Towson, Towson brings a media market too. Although a ten, they've got GW. I guess you could a BWI media. Well, let's market. say this. Suppose the 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 mid American decides to expand. Well, yeah, Delaware fits their footprint, right? You take Delaware and Towson together. Yeah. Yep. So you know those are the things you have to. You know every school probably has a home somewhere. And look for for us and for you and and for Hofstra, it could very well be the America East again. So people have said, no, I don't want to go back to the America East. I'm thinking. I'd rather be fighting Vermont every year for an automatic bid than fighting 13 other schools who, who aren't as, you know, and the other thing you have to look at is, and you brought it up, Dan, is are you competing with like, the reason why you want like-minded institutions is this, Nate, okay? Northeastern and William and Mary have the highest academics. So they're recruiting one type of Northeastern and William and Mary are hard schools to transfer into. 
So they can't play the transfer portal as well as everybody. So do you want to compete in a 15, 13, 14, sorry, excuse me, 15, a 14 team league when you are probably number two academically and number one has never been to the NCAA tournament? So those are the things you have to think about and why, you know, folks at, at high act schools get upset when you're adding low act schools is because you're making it harder to compete because those schools don't have the barriers to succeed that you have. That granted, they're self-imposed. Self-imposed. Northeastern could say we, we're not letting these, you know, we're letting anybody in. Uh, not happening. William and Mary could have said the same thing 20 years ago. Not happening. So that's one of the reasons why, when you, if you were to give Bill Cohen the truth serum, he would say, you know what? We're adding more schools that are harder to recruit against because I can't offer. And keep in mind, the other thing is with NIL, you know, Charleston could have a lot of NIL money. Um, Campbell could have more NIL money than you guys or us or the other schools. So you have to think about how schools are competing now. You know, does Northeastern pay, you know, the, 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 the annual stipend for people? If Campbell all of a sudden decides to pay the $6,000 a, a year or semester, whatever it is for the, for the students for cost of living, um, cost of attendance, I'm sorry. You know, Northeastern hasn't said they're paying cost of attendance across the board yet. So you look at all the things that, that you want to do as an institution. Are you with other schools that you academic quality is a proxy oftentimes for ability to compete. Now, if you take a look at the, the stuff Bill has to go through to put a competitive team together, you know, look, he's, he's done a yeoman's job. Same thing, you know, for, for you guys, your academic standards are higher than most of them. But, you know, with no knock on you guys, you took a community college kid a couple of years ago, not being disparaging, but just as an example, Northeastern's had one community college player in Bill Cohen's tenure. And that was a kid who, who, could have gone to a four-year school, but didn't. He went to a, a community college for a year. So, if you, you, you know, that's why we are so adamant about having more like-minded schools. In yeah, and I think we talk JUCO, we talk community college. I mean, uh, there's a lot of different reasons why people go there. Right, exactly. But yeah. I'm using this as an example, Dan. We couldn't get yeah. a JUCO kid in today. The rest of the league can, William, except for William and Mary, probably. No, I, I mean, I think that's – it's interesting. I think, it's, again, it's going to vary kid to kid, but I think I get your general point, and, and it's fair. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, that those academic standards, absolutely who you can get in. That's always been, I remember Bruiser having that battle. So, right. um, you know, those times haven't changed and, and it gets more co- complicated with, with NIL and the portals and, and you don't want to be a, a farm team either. You don't, you don't want to have well, actually, Dan, a freshman in for two years. I was talking with someone on the golf course about that a couple of weeks ago. Suppose you talk about not being a farm team. It's probably another conversation for another podcast, but suppose, and I'm going to use this as an example, Jim Beheim said to a kid, you're not going to play for us this year. You got a shot to play for us next year. How about you go play for Coach Spiker at Drexler, Coach Cohen at Northeastern? They run a system similar to ours. Go there, play for a year, and I'll bring you back. And if you love it there and you don't want to come back here, no harm, no foul. What is wrong with that in today's day and age? There, there's nothing wrong with it. I think Coach Boheim would just pay him simply enough money to make him not do that. But uh, um, and, and I would have said that 10 years ago. But um, <laughs> I, I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's an interesting it's an interesting model. Put it that way. Uh, I don't know if it's if you're a coach if you're the coach at Drexel, do you want to be part of that? Knowing he's a, you're only getting a freshman sophomore year out of kid, and then you know maybe even reputationally building your reputation as transfer you that's that's not a healthy healthy thing. Dan, you guys just signed a player that you tweeted it's going to be great, blah blah, and I said yeah until he plays real well and he's in the transfer portal next year. That's something we all have to live with. Look, the worst, the best thing to happen in Northeastern this offseason was they got to go to Canada and played three games together because Bill has six freshmen and a kid sitting out from UNCW. The worst thing that happened in Northeastern this year is they went up to Canada, they won three games, and they beat Carlton pretty badly, and our freshmen played pretty well. And and people realized I had one 
mid-major division coach send me a text after Northeastern beat Charleston and said, Bill did it again. He found some kid that no one ever heard of, proverbially speaking, and he's going to be in his starting lineup. And, you know, you talk to people at Northeastern, we're all excited about our freshman class, but can you keep a freshman class anymore? You know, a kid averages 18 points a game as a freshman in the CA. You don't think that, that an A-10 school or, or a, a Power 5 school is going to say, look, you can average 18 at Northeastern your whole career. You could come here and play in front of 15,000 people a night and fly chartered jets and get $5,000 a year in, in NIL money. And, and maybe you're a seventh or eighth man, but think about what's going to happen. Or you can play at Northeastern in front of 500 people and have no shot at the, and have a re, no shot at getting to the, eight, ten, uh, the NCAA tournament. That's reality. That, that is absolutely reality. And it's, I would argue it's part of the reason why getting, getting crowds and atmosphere back is so important and getting right. culture back in a program is so important right now. Um, another, again, another podcast for another day. You're probably right, but um, it, that, that this whole structure is getting very interesting and very complicated. So, well, and the other thing to think about Dan is we, the CAA may not have a direct automatic bid anymore. If the power five schools have their way, leagues like the CAA may have to play into play. If you read the tea leaves, instead of expanding the tournament to 96, the power five schools may say, look to the, to the AQ leagues, the one bid leagues, whatever you want to call them, you're going to have 15 of them, 10 of them, whatever the number is. You're all going to have to figure out how you allocate those 10 because not all, you know, maybe it's a model where the NEC champion plays the Mac champion for an automatic bid and the CAA champion plays the AE champion for an automatic bid. So if that happens, all bets may be off. You know, you're not even in a one bid league anymore. You're in a half bid league. Form a new league if you've got to play in and form a new league. You know, it's another topic for another conversation. But if the NCAA tournament gets blown up and there becomes a one double A in basketball, why do you stay in a 15-team CAA? Why can't you form that that private school, high academic league we've talked about with Northeastern and Drexel and and uh, Quinnipiac and uh, Fairfield and you add you know maybe add a Monmouth or, or something like that, but higher academic schools, like-minded schools, so you're recruiting against a population of very similar. Well, I was just saying, you know, I, yeah, you'd love to have, like you said, I agree. Yeah, you want to have like-minded schools all working together. I'm just wondering if, if the common, they're like-minded in survival, like for all the reasons you just threw out. I mean, yeah, you'd love to have everybody prioritize certain things. And right now it's just, just trying to, to stay alive. And I was going to say too, you mentioned as far as different schools, I mean, different standards. I'm, and then competitiveness. I, I don't remember all the details. When I grew up in the mid nineties, late nineties, Lehigh just crushed everybody in football. They want to forget how many straight championships and i'm thinking because i was talking to my son about this in the car i talked to him about I forget what rivalry we were talking about and um you know, i use lehigh lafayette as an example where lehigh dominated that now in the last few years lafayette as i think in actually the last 10 years has been better so and i think that's something that lehigh did something with financial aid and then but then i think i want to say fordham was doing something even you know giving even more than lehigh and that kind of i think now they have scholarships now so um, so in a sense, if there is one school that's doing something that gives a competitive advantage, you know, you think of other schools, okay, we got to start doing that too. And then it balances out. But again, I think survival is the key right now that it could turn out. Everybody just bails out, like you said, and then, you know, then you have your power five and then we, and then other schools say, Hey, academics are our priority and we go that route. I mean, that's how this could end up in 10 years. Who knows? Uh, you know, half of this is, is me going, we got to rein in the fan fiction and half of this is me going, this could also happen next year. So it's, you know, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but things are happening. They're happening fast. Look, if we sat here in January, who thought UCLA was going to be in the Big Ten? 
I would not have had that one. <laughs> but I could give you 500 reasons why half the Big Ten is doing cartwheels that they're in LA. My daughter goes to Indiana, and you know what school? You know what market Indiana has been targeting for the last five years as an area where they want to draw more schools? Los Angeles and Orange County. My daughter's roommate is from Orange County. Why? Indiana has made a big push there. So if you don't think the, the people say, well, why does that make any sense? The Indianas, the Michigan States, the 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 Minnesotas, the Nebraskas, they love the idea they now get you get some really good academic schools in the Big Ten now have an option for for kids to go there because they can see their home, their, their alma mater play in the future when they go back to LA. So, you know, things might on the surface might not look as as direct as they seem, but you know, someone said to me, tell me something from conference affiliation that I don't, that, that I'm not thinking about. Well, here's one for you. Suppose the Big Ten said we want to grab Arizona and Arizona State, or the Big Ten said we wanted to grab Florida State and Miami. How does that make any sense? Here's how it makes sense. Where do people in the Midwest retire to or spend their off seasons to avoid income taxes? Arizona. Sometimes you just have to follow the money. I can't believe that anybody would avoid income tax, Michael Brodsky. Um <laughs> you know, I, I, I do. I want to wrap this up in a second, but I, I think part of the other piece of this is part of what we're talking about here isn't new, right? I mean, uh, paying players respectfully, not new. Um, Why the NCAA was formed in the first place. <laughs> academically, um, you know, the haves and have nots is not new. And, and having kind of a range within this conference is spread out a little bit, but it's not like, you know, the schools that we've lost over the years, quite frankly, haven't been super elite academic schools. So it's, it's, it's different. It's new. Campbell's the new name. Um, you know, it's the HBCs are new and I think they're, they're welcomed and they're wonderful. Um, I, I think, um, Stony Brook's an ad and, and Monmouth is, I'll tell you this, Monmouth is a school that 15 years ago, I would have said, you're crazy. They don't have the facilities. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the endowment and they've really come a long way, a long, long way. Um, so, you know, they're, they're at least projecting in the right direction. So they're interesting additions. They, they, they protect the conference. They add some things to the conference. They, they enable divisions. They enable some cost cutting. I I do, we talk about the haves and have nots. Part of what really does irk me a little bit is this is absolutely that it's, it's going to separate the Olympic sports from the revenue sports even more, which is what's happening across the board. But you know, the Olympic sports will be in divisions. This is a cost cutting move for those sports. Right. You're not going to have to send your volleyball team down. We're not going to, Northeast is not going to send his volleyball team down to, to Charleston to play and and Drexel's not going to have the wrong sport. Drexel's not going to have to send its field hockey team. Field hockey. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Field hockey team down to Carroll. I was going to say baseball or volleyball, but I forgot. No, no offense. You guys don't play those sports. Um, but, you know, the, the the spring sports, you know, and if you think about it, you know, NCA&T has a really hot golf team right now. You know, there are certain Olympic sports where geography doesn't matter because you can just have a championship meet like the CAA has done forever with swimming, like the CAA does with crew, the CAA does with golf. So if you think about it, it doesn't impact as many sports as you think because you're just bringing your the conference tournament is probably going to be most of the time somewhere in the central part of the league. Um, and you'll send your teams there to compete and you know, and we're still going to have league championships. You may maybe it may just be like the Super Bowl where you're playing a team that you've never seen before. Okay. Is that may just be college life in, in, in 2022, 2023, you know, in the past you could play a team in the CA finals. You may have only played once in basketball. Well, now that's still going to be the case, but in, in, women's soccer you may play a team that you haven't seen before when we go to full divisions who knows yeah so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how that works out maybe cost cutting there when it comes to travel is a good thing maybe this kid's less time on a bus is not bad for anybody and it's not like they were flying to a lot of those games so um 
no, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I think on the balance, you have to be well, the expansion has to be welcomed. You know, you didn't want to be in a nine team CA right now. I'll tell you that right now. Right. Um, and the North, right. the nine team CA is, is at the risk of of you know if if you believe the the conspiracy theorists, Northeastern and, and Drexel and Hofstra going back to the the, the American East. That leaves a six team CAA, and you know a six team CAA where you've got Delaware. And Towson is your northernmost outpost, and they're in the league just because just for football. So, you know, it's it's defection insurance, which is what the CAA had. We're concerned about defections last year. We don't have to worry about that now. If if the biggest thing we're worried about now is the fact that we've got some schools that don't meet the academic or or enrollment profiles of the rest of the league, you know, I don't have to like it. But it is what it is, and we're going to not, not show up when we play those schools. So That'll wrap it up with the uh, podcast for this evening. We had some technical difficulties. Apologize for that. But to Nate, to, my, to Mike, I say thank you and good night. Um, this is what is apparently the, the pro Joey D podcast. This is, uh, the, I think the next is here is CA expansion. Good. Uh, they, they've done a, a fine job with it, even if it wasn't necessarily the, the dream targets. Um, it's a sustainable league now. We're excited about that. And we look forward to the next steps. Everybody have a great night and we will see you down the road.